Are you ready to perform at your highest potential? Welcome to the Performance Matters Podcast from GP Strategies. In each episode, we'll interview industry experts, exploring best practices and innovative insights to help you and your organization improve performance. I'm your host, Jeremy Shear. Welcome to the podcast. My guest is Erica Tetwan, Change Management Practice Lead at GP Strategies. Erica, welcome back to the podcast. Oh, Jeremy, it's so great to be with you again. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you back on. And the last time you were on the show, we talked about the pace of change in organizational life. And this time, we're going to talk about how a company's culture of change can be a competitive advantage. But first, remind our listeners about what you do at GP Strategies. Yeah, absolutely. So I am the practice lead for change management at GP Strategies. And my job really is to stay on the cutting edge of all things change and adaptation and adoption to help our organizations go through the workforce transformations that they're currently going through. Okay, excellent. An important job and an interesting job. So let's get into the topic. So why or maybe in what sense is a culture of change a competitive advantage or how can it be a competitive advantage at a company? And what attributes or strategies does a company need to make their change management an advantage? Yeah, it's such an important question right now. I think we're in historic times where we're seeing unprecedented disruption. And we see companies that have been around for decades and decades really being disrupted in ways that are completely unexpected to them. And so a culture of change is really paramount for an organization to survive and thrive into the next century. And so what we have been finding with our clients is it's simply not enough to just apply change management in a tactical way against specific projects and programs and initiatives. But truly, it is the organizations that have a culture and an impetus for change that survive and thrive. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's get into that. Let's dive a little bit deeper. So what does that culture of change look like? Like what are the moving parts that make it work? Yeah. So I think of organizations really needing to have three main attributes to consider themselves to have a culture of change. And by culture of change, what I mean is you want your employee population to walk around and go, hey, we do change pretty darn well around here, (laughs) which I'm not quite sure many of us would say that about our organizations. But what I'm finding in our client organizations that's really helpful is that if an organization has a growth mindset, an agile mindset, and has a systematic way and process to lead people through change and a systematic way and process by which people can lead themselves through change, then you really start to have a culture of change. Okay. So now on this podcast, we've talked a little bit before about those different mindsets, growth mindset and agile mindset, but let's revisit them and specifically talk about how they can be leveraged to become a competitive advantage. So starting with a growth mindset, just basically what is that for listeners who are not already familiar? And then why is that important? How does it become part of a competitive advantage? Yeah. So we define a growth mindset as the belief that skills and behaviors can be cultivated through effort. So that's our simple definition. 
And what we see in organizations is that with this mindset, challenges, obstacles, and feedback become opportunity to learn and grow. Conversely, in organizations without a growth mindset, challenges, obstacles, and feedback can be opportunities for bad behavior almost, or they can be risks organizations don't want to take. So what we find is that an organization with a growth mindset is truly foundational to building a culture of change resiliency or this culture of change hardiness. And when an organization has a growth mindset, some of the key attributes that we see are this proactivity to taking on challenges. We see a feeling of empowerment at all levels. And that feeling of empowerment at all levels, even in the lowest levels of our organizations, is really critical in the innovation space. And we also see increased risk-taking, which promotes innovative thinking. So if my organization has a growth mindset, it means I can see and I'm empowered to take on the new and different. Incredibly important in organizations that are decades and even a century old is having the freedom to grow, to disrupt, to innovate, and to create the new and different so that we can survive and thrive. Okay. What's a good example of that? Like, can you think of a company, either one that you've worked with or just a company out in the world that does that really well, that sort of exemplifies a growth mindset at its best? Well, I mean, I think Philip Morris is one of the best at this right now. Um, If you think about their history in tobacco products, I mean, they're going um, through a culture change right now. And their new mission, believe it or not, is to create a smoke-free world. Talk about turning their entire business model on its head. And they're getting into smoke-free products. And so this is a company steeped in history. Very, very old company steeped in history, but they're having to change with the times and the public view on their history and product offering. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Right. And so growth here doesn't necessarily or only mean getting bigger as a company, but more sort of growing in terms of your ability to change and your ability, as you put it, to take on challenges and not let it derail you, but actually help you get better at what you're doing. Is that right? Yeah. It's this belief that we can grow our skills, this belief that our behaviors can change, a belief that the way we think and therefore act and the way we create and the scope and boundaries of what we do come off. Mm -hmm. It's all of that. Okay. So now you also mentioned the agile mindset. So same question. What is that? What does it look like? And How can that be leveraged as an advantage? Yeah, so I think Agile is critical and foundational for an organization to really have a culture that does change well. I think of Agile as this ability to bounce back. So for the organization that's Agile, it's about being able to overcome obstacles and bounce back from challenges. Cultures that are strong, Agile cultures really prize those attributes of overcoming obstacles, and bouncing back. It's the sense of resiliency. So agile organizations are really flexible enough to adjust and adapt their plans based on new information, based on new conditions, based on new decisions. So much like a growth 
oriented organization. They don't feel failure and they see failure as part of the process. It's accepted. So some of the attributes that we see in agile organizations are that teams, collective teams, have a we got this mentality. They have a success-based mentality. They also take incremental action. So they believe that doing something is better than sitting and waiting for direction. It's better than doing nothing at all. So they would rather have some movement, even if it's not the right movement, than no movement at all. And then lastly, agile organizations view change as an expected and likely outcome. They're not going, oh my God, there's change, or there's a new decision, or there's a new process, or there's a new feeling or thought about this. They're going, okay, we've changed our minds. How are we going to adapt? So it's that having peace with the change and having peace with the obstacle um, that we really see as dominant traits of that organization that's agile. Mm -hmm. And it would seem like Philip Morris would also fit the bill as a good example based on what you were saying before. But you have another good example. I would guess that in the tech world, there are probably some pretty good examples of agile companies. Oh, yeah. And of course, organizations that are going through digital transformations or organizations that are even moving from a more waterfall to an agile approach in a very literal sense are getting more used to this smaller incremental work. And there's a lot more change of direction that happens when we take on more incremental work. So yes, we see this a lot in digital transformations and a lot in tech. I think Microsoft is a great example of this too. But even in uh, Philip Morris, if we go back to Philip Morris, imagine if you're a person who's had 20 or 30 years of your career there and you're changing fundamentally from a product that people bought off the shelves in a store and knew how to use And now you're having to market your product online. Now you're having to open up storefronts. Now you're having to teach people how to use your product. Now you're having to convert. Just think about all of the marketing changes that happen. Think about the regulatory changes that happen. I I can't think of a facet of their business that doesn't have to be agile in this time of rapid change. They've really done a, a 180 on their company purpose. Yeah, absolutely. And there's a lot at stake there, right? If they get it right, then they really are moving forward from a strong position. But if they get it wrong, then that can become a huge disadvantage, right? So just like change management can be an advantage, it can really harm you if you don't implement it the right way. So how does that happen and what can organizations do to avoid that sort of pitfall? Yeah, I love this question and it's such an important one. Because when we are looking at adapting and evolving our culture, and we most companies are having to evolve their culture to keep pace with change, we really need to be purposeful and actually literally tactical about what that means. So when we go out into the world, you know, pretend an organization says, gosh, you know, we need to really adopt a growth and an agile mindset. They've, they've picked up our research and they've read it and they've said, we really need to include growth and agile as part of our cultural attributes. When you go out and you start talking about what it means to have a growth and agile mindset, you have to be so tactile and so purposeful about what does that mean? And you have to define that means we think like this, not that. 
That means we act like this, not that. That means when this obstacle comes up, we confront it like this, not that. And it takes a lot of communication, 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 but also role model example and role model example. And organizations, I think, have to be really purposeful about what micro actions or what micro habits they introduce in the organization because it takes time. You don't just go out into your organization and say, well, today we're including growth as part of our vision or part of our cultural attributes. You have to be very purposeful about how you introduce it and know that it's a journey to get your culture there. These things don't happen overnight. Right. And this leads to the third element that you mentioned, which is leadership and enabling employees to deal with change and to adopt those kind of habits that make it work. But you also mentioned that employees need to be able to lead themselves through change. So let's talk about that. Why is that important? And what does it look like? Yeah, this is the other thing that I think fundamentally organizations really need to dial into and tune up. So when an organization has a process or a methodology that we use to go through change, organizations get better at doing it. It's just like going to the gym. You know, if I show up to the gym and today's leg day and I have a plan and I know what set of exercises I'm doing very purposefully, I'm far more likely to have a productive gym session than if I just show up and I don't really know what I'm doing today, what muscle group I'm working on or how I'm gonna work on that muscle group. Same thing with change. So we really strongly believe that organizations need to have a process and method by which they lead individuals through change. And you use that process over and over and over again. And when you do the self-leadership through change and the ability to lead others through change becomes so automatic. It becomes part of our habit. And when it does, the organization is able to take on a greater velocity of change, and they also see that they can achieve adoption of change far faster. And at GP Strategies, of course, we really like our R2P2 individual model for change. And so we believe that that process is that everybody needs a reason, a role, a path, and a partner. And so that's the process that we like to lead our client organizations for, making sure that whenever there's a change, that we're clearly defining the reason for the change. We ensure everybody understands their role in the change, that they have a clear path to be successful in the change, and they have enough partnership to make it successful because change is social. So whether you're employing the R2P2 model or some other individual model for change, what's important is that you have a model for change and you apply it across every change across the enterprise to really build that resilience and ability to lead ourselves and others through change. Right. And and I would imagine applying that model means not just rolling it out once and hoping it works, but applying it again and again and reinforcing it or else it's just probably not going to work. Yeah. It's about applying it against every project, program, initiative, no matter how big, no matter how small, but doing it very overtly, directly, and intentionally. Right. And this sounds like the sort of thing that takes time to really work and that there are going to be bumps along the way, that this is not going to go perfectly and that you have to be willing to deal with setbacks and not 
and not deviate from the course just because it's not, you know, going smoothly all the time. Absolutely. You know, it's like a a child learning how to walk for the first time. When they stand up and take half a step and fall down, we continue to encourage them to try and try and try again. And this is the same thing with learning how to lead ourselves and others through change. But when it clicks and when we are confronted with change and we're feeling that resistance point and we can stop and take a deep breath and self-lead through change, oh my gosh, the benefits to the organization and to the individual are enormous. Right. And, and then once you you're, get to the point where you can actually see those benefits and it's making your life easier, it's making your work better, then I'm sure it's sort of like a feedback loop and it just gets better and better and the change happens in a quicker way. Yeah, it becomes automatic. And eventually the muscle will become so strong, it's like waking up and brushing your teeth every morning. Yeah, which is definitely a good thing to do. Good hygiene. (laughs) Always good to have great change hygiene. Right. And before you go to bed, too. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so anyway, what are two or three main points that you want listeners to take away from our discussion? So I think... In this time of evolution, transformation, and disruption that's happening across all the industry segments that we see, building an organizational culture for change is going to be paramount for thriving and surviving. And that means making it safe to grow, making it safe to be agile, and having a real focus on building the organizational skill set of self-leadership and leading others through change are going to make a huge difference and organizational outcomes and business results. Excellent. Well, Erica, thank you very much for making time to be on the show again. And we'll look forward to having you back on again soon. Awesome, Jeremy. Thank you so much. I look forward to the next opportunity. The Performance Matters Podcast is brought to you by GP Strategies. Together, we can create a world where business excellence makes possibilities achievable. You can subscribe to the show anywhere you get podcasts and listen on our website at gpstrategies.com slash podcasts.